0: This podcast is brought to you by DrunkMummySoberMummy.com and made in association with HelloSundayMorning.org, changing the world's relationship with alcohol, one Sunday at a time. Well, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good. And this is Sober Awkward.
1: right Lucy over to you. Thanks Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey and Vic and I are at completely different stages you'll know that life without booze can at times feel what do you reckon?
0: Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety. The good, the bad, the ugly and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober.
1: Yes, we're here, like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet, to take the edge off sobriety. And together, we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. Gosh, I'm sorry
0: Lucy, I've got a bit of got a bit of burpees going What's on. What's wrong with you this evening? I just ate my dinner really quickly before I came. It was just like loads of cauliflower and loads of broccoli with salmon and it's kind of given me a bit of a, oh. a bit of a something party in the in the
1: abdomen I think that you need to be more considerate of what you eat before you sit in a booth with me yeah, for an sorry. hour and a half
0: <laughs> I'm going to try and swallow my burps that's interesting for listeners to start with this is plan
1: generally my plan most mornings as I head out of the door is to swallow my burps yes and I'd be particularly grateful if you could do it for the next hour okay, or however long it if takes I start... us to record especially since there's lots of Cauliflower involved.
0: Yes. If, I, if my eyes start to widen, <laughs> we might
1: have to pause, pause the podcast so I can go outside. And I might, let or rip. I might get outside as <laughs> fast as I outside. bloody can. <laughs> and the booth mm. will shake. Anyway, <laughs> like Bart uh, looking forward to this one. Yes, we apologise in
0: advance that we've just pulled up at the recording studio and there's loads of massive trucks outside resurfacing the road. So we were in the booth so it should be alright but you might hear
1: some rumblings <laughs> and it's not Vic <laughs> it's not me there's some, lots of rumblings in the nether regions it, going Vic's on Vic's just said that so she can blame her rumblings <laughs> on the trucks outside <laughs> oh the men outside <laughs> <It's almost laughs> nothing to, me, to do with me yeah it's weird because it's Sunday evening when we usually record you would have yeah. thought that it was the perfect time to have peace and quiet no. but no. no there's some road go stuff going but on but that's alright we can handle that we can handle anything we're sober yes we can do anything we can go and fight Them outside, can't we? They make too much noise. But they're very lovely. I had a nice chat with one of them anyway. So, anyway, hello everyone. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of that waffle. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, to our lovely listeners. Mm Hi Vic, how are you? Yeah, good.
0: We had a lovely high tea this week, didn't we Lucy? We managed to redo our day out that we missed when my son Freddie got unwell and we went up into the hinterland
1: and and had a high tea and, and a nice facial, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It all worked out in the end. We were a bit. We were feeling a little bit anxious, weren't we? Because last time we attempted it, obviously Vic's son got ill and it was all a bit of a disaster. But we thought, no, we're going to power on and we're going to give this another go. Yep. And um, I had a terrible morning at home, which I don't usually. And I thought, oh God, it's all going to go wrong again. But we, we carried on and we had a really nice day out. We went and... Um, had this high tea where you were meant to have a nice glass of champagne. But of course, we forewent the champagne. And the lady said to us when we got there, Are you here celebrating anything? <laughs> <laughs> Vic said, Yeah, Lucy's a year sober. She was
0: good actually. She didn't she didn't like step back in horror and scream. <laughs> and go, oh
1: my god. These alcoholics in the house. She didn't run and hide with the alcohol no. in the venue. Vic, <laughs> <No, pick> everybody. <laughs> lockdown. There's a, some old boozers in the house.
0: No, she was actually sweet and said congratulations I think, didn't she? And yeah. said what what teas and gave us the tea menu, didn't she? So Which Vic then complained which about? Which I did complain about because I've realized after thinking about this week, I do complain a lot when I go out. And it's since I gave up drinking and because I don't have the treat of alcohol anymore, which of course I realise now it wasn't a treat. But anyway, I always feel like I want something special when I'm out. So my food and my drinks when I'm out now are important to me. And if they're not right or hot enough or the right milk
1: or the right salad yeah. dressing, I do get a bit annoyed. Yeah, you do. And it's very embarrassing. I'm not annoyed with people. <laughs> I'm just annoyed with the actual no. thing. I get what you're saying. And you're not rude when you... No. Although you did go marching across the restaurant with teacup, in hand with my sleeves rolled up
0: <laughs> and the steam coming out of my
1: ears and she was actually proved wrong she wanted the chai it was the chai <laughs> it was the chai it just
0: wasn't a spicy one I do like a spicy chai no, I should
1: not. take a little a little pocket of, of chilli with me everywhere I go because that's always my problem is it's not it's so spicy nice you've been in Thailand for too many years yeah that's, I have, it, that's yeah. why but no you're not You, you say, when we you say that it make it sound like you're a right pen in the ass, but you're no, not. I wasn't, you're very, I wasn't you're pain very pain polite yeah. um, but I do understand it's the same as Today, my kids sort of returned home from their Saturday nights out and they wanted this, that and the other. And I just made a salad for lunch and I'm like, no, just leave me, leave me. I need to just sit and enjoy my lunch. Yes. You know, I I have to just take a lot of pleasure in this moment of eating. Yes. Because uh, eating such a... Important pleasure to me now. Yeah. And it's good because we shouldn't be running around and eating. We should be enjoying and being mindful of the things that we, the little things in our life. Yeah, and that they're we the do. things we look
0: forward to now. Yeah. It's like having a nice cupper, a nice coffee in the morning, and a good feed. So I don't want those things to not work out well. <laughs> so
1: if anyone dare. <laughs> get anything wrong get anything wrong we've you've got the wrath enough. of me <laughs> if their coffee's not hot enough or if there aren't two slices of toast with their poached exactly. egg in the morning exactly exact things like that there you go
0: another perfect example of me mm. being completely over the top and wanting things my way so yeah I hate myself <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I don't know why I go out with her no. she embarrasses you gotta me watch. You gotta every gotta time Waiter, come here <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> The bread is at the wrong (laughs) angle on the plate. I
0: asked for a vegan paleo sausage from Harrods.
1: Oh, we may be laughing, but it's true listeners <laughs> It's, it's true. true It happens oh, dear. <laughs> So what are we talking about today, Lucy? Well, today we're going to discuss alcohol in relation to covid nineteen yep. which is sort of not we're not coming to the tail end I mean, I don't think the pandemic is. Over by any means, but I certainly feel where we're sitting in Australia that we've reached a turning point, and of course, we've got listeners from all over the world. So, depending on where you, you are, your situation in relation to the pandemic is quite different to ours. But I would say, worldwide as a whole, we're at a turning point and we're sort of coming out certainly of the lockdown yep. phases, which is what we want to focus on. Today, really, the lockdowns and the impact that they've had on people in relation to drinking. Yeah, exactly. Let's face it. It's been a very weird 18 months. We've changed.
0: We wash our hands more. We don't hug as much. We do strange elbow wagging when we meet. And we feel like terrible people if we sneeze or burp at the supermarket.
1: (laughs) But slowly and surely things are getting back to normal. Um, But there is one thing that might stick around, though. One thing that some relied upon too much that took the edge off and made life during the pandemic a little more bearable. Yes,
0: it's our COVID crutch, our isolation answer. The lockdown
1: lean-to booze. Alcohol. Yes.
0: Statistics show, you know, we love some statistics on this show. (laughs) Statistics show that Australians drank over 20% more during the peak of the crisis. And now, in the aftermath, the pandemic is spewing out another side effect. Lots
1: of people, especially women, are dealing with a newfound problem with drinking. They certainly are. And it's amazing how quickly a casual sundowner can morph into something more sinister, Vic. But being stuck at home with online access to wine delivery service has left its mark on society and on some people already who are having dysfunctional relationships with booze. Yeah. I watched an interest as
0: friends made excuses to drink earlier in the day. I listened as justifications for lunchtime beers were slipped into conversations. The years, the why nots and the we
1: may as wells. Yeah, there was lots of thems and th- there was lots of those and I was uh, I was certainly guilty of them. It's a kind of fuck it attitude, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, fuck it. This is all shit. Let's all just get pissed. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just another excuse. You've got the perfect excuse perfect to have a drink. Perfect excuse, yeah. Wine o'clock for most people used to be after 5pm. I don't know. Was it ever for you, Vic? It was always earlier for me. Yeah. But yes, most normal people it was after 5pm. But homeschooling, loss of work, stress of the unknown and sheer boredom has made it acceptable to reach into the fridge whenever it felt necessary.
0: Yeah, so today we want you to stop googling am I an alcoholic and really identify if your relationship with alcohol has become
1: a problem during the pandemic. We want you to hear our words, recognise the issue and take charge before you reach rock bottom. This episode is designed for those who are having difficulties getting hold on their drinking now the lockdowns are over. But even if it wasn't lockdown that affected your drinking and you're simply drinking too much and want to give up or you've already stopped and are looking for extra sobriety tips, food for thought and encouragement, we think you'll find this a super helpful listen.
0: Yes, Lucy and I want to go over all the different signs that you're drinking too much in order to help you recognise that your drinking habit is in need of attention. We want to help you look at your behaviours and understand them without shame,
1: without judgment, so you can step out of the rut and hopefully into a healthier, sober life. Yep, that's right. So put your feet up and listen as we try to understand how COVID has given birth to a whole other pandemic. Hmm. It's
0: crazy, really, to think that even the pandemic hap- is happening and has happened, <laughs> let alone the repercussions of it, you know, the negative repercussions that are causing all sorts of other problems. So oh, yeah. not and, only is it, yeah. is it to do with the actual disease or the the virus
1: itself, but then the, the fallout from mm. that. One yeah. thing I, I mean, I don't know what it was like in other countries, but one thing I always found <clears throat> quite almost laughable, but worrying at the same time with the pandemic was the emergency services that were able to continue operating when we were all in lockdown incredible yeah and um they were the supermarkets the chemists and the what we call the bottleows the bottle shops the off licenses the booze shops were classed as an an essential service yeah that's just crazy isn't it yeah how mad
0: is that i suppose they're just trying to numb everyone out so that they don't leave their houses.
1: I mean, that's the way to get everybody to stay at home. In what world can alcohol be an essential service? That's that's the societal problem right there, isn't it? It's like the government,
0: everyone's making money out of it, so they're like, this is still okay. Everything else isn't, but this is because
1: it's taxed and we make lots of money from it. Yeah, and we've got to keep the economy going. So keep drinking, everybody. Yeah. God, bit of a worry. Bit of a worry. Let's start with a few stats again. Oh yes we do like some stats. Vic Vic went mad on our stats. I do cuz I think it's important yeah. for this podcast because you need to know the difference and the change in the last 2 years for people and find out exactly when too much alcohol is is too much if you know what I mean. Yeah and hopefully if people are struggling with drinking after the pandemic or we're still in it in the in the pandemic and they hear some of these stats it will help you understand that you're not alone. Yeah and that everybody is doing yeah, it. Yeah, lots of people are struggling. Yeah. So, death in England and Australia from liver disease linked to excessive drinking jumped by an unprecedented 21% last year. Wow. Um, and this was when the coronavirus pandemic struck. Wow. Yeah, pubs, clubs and restaurants were closed, but the total volume of alcohol sold barely fell, suggesting people switched to drinking at home instead. And they most certainly did. Consumer data or data, depending on what country you're in. I say in. data. <laughs> data. <laughs> um, it's data over here in Australia, so I'm going to stick with that as that's the country I'm in at the moment, showed a 24% increase in the litres of alcohol sold in shops and supermarkets during the year to the end of march 2021 compared with the previous 12 months God, yeah that's a lot that's a mm. huge increase i mean we do laugh about our stats but lucy and i
0: you know we we do love a few stats but it does make it sound very clinical like the numbers that we're talking about we must remember that what we are talking about here aren't just figures they're people Real lives, people that have gone because of alcohol. I mean, those percentages of people that died, that's 21%. That's a lot of people that have have died. Um, Their mums, dads, brothers, sisters, friends, colleagues and neighbours have all lost their lives to alcohol, a substance so widely accepted and almost encouraged but one that is controlling, addictive and ultimately life-threatening. So those numbers, they're not just numbers, they're people.
1: They're people's lives that have ended because of alcohol. And that's why this topic is serious. Yeah, and because we're, we're coming to the tail end of a pandemic, which has increased the, the problem with alcohol for people. Something really needs to be done. I'm feeling like that at the moment. I mean, even just reading those stats. I mean, I know we've read them before, but just reading them out loud like that, it makes me feel a bit panicky inside. It makes me feel a bit angry as well. It's like, come on, like why are we still pushing this? We know it's bad for our
0: society. Mm. It just makes me angry that the, whoever's in charge is still allowing this to happen. And it's because the backlash, I guess, would be so huge if they started to deny everybody's favourite drug. It would yeah. be like, right, there'd be total chaos, wouldn't it, if the
1: pubs all closed down and they said you couldn't have a beer after mm. work. Yeah, but imagine if they had kept the bottle shops closed. Yeah, they should. Have done. I mean, the different, I reckon those stats would be quite different. Yeah,
0: and people might have had an opportunity for change. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like instead of changing bot- to drink more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so let's talk about COVID and uh what it was like for yeah, us. Yeah, how
0: was it for you, Lucy? I know that you've had a bit of a different experience for yeah. me because I was sober during the whole pandemic, whereas you were drunk.
1: no i'm not gonna let you say that about me because a drunk (laughs) it's like i'm the one who drunk throughout my entire mothering experience (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're the naughty one here i'm the angel child (laughs) actually vic i'm gonna correct you because um, i mean we talk about lockdowns but really it's a bit of a joke because we were so lucky here on the sunshine coast in australia our lockdowns were minuscule um, and they did really have very little effect on us um, well, that's not really fair to say they did They did have an effect but I think in comparison to what other people across the world have been through but funnily enough because of when I I gave up drinking I was actually a piss head for one lockdown and sober for another so I can actually tell you yeah. the difference between being in lockdown pissed and being in lockdown sober and I will tell you right now it was way better being in um, a lockdown sober but um I was it, worried what you were gonna say then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please don't say this. Oh, please no. Don't say this. No, I mean I will say that when the first one happened and I was still drinking, um, I did I, I was pleased that I was a drinker then. Um, it was like everybody was starting to drink more and everyone was starting to drink behind closed doors and people were becoming piss heads and they were becoming introverts because they had no choice. And I was like, I am already a behind closed door (laughs) introvert piss head. I was like, I'm already for once in my life. I'm a step ahead of everyone else. (laughs) I was like, this this is my moment to shine. You're like the leader. Yeah, I can really teach some people how to do this. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I laugh about it, but I genuinely felt like that. I, 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 I was like, "This is this is great." Mm. Um, I can remember when we went into lockdown because it was like, "Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen?" And it did. I just remember almost switching off, grabbing the wine, turning on the TV, and thinking, "Here we go." Like Selling. Yeah, yeah, this is it. This is perfect. Gosh. This is for me. Yeah, that is how I felt. But obviously, next morning, because. Big drinking it went on that night. Next morning, I felt terrible. I had two teens. And I don't know if if you've had teens during a lockdown they're probably the hardest age um, mm, to, to missing work through out, a lockdown a lot, with yeah. yeah yeah and also they kind of they have their own lives they do their own things you don't have total control over teens so they go out when you say you mustn't go out mm. so there was a lot of talk about values and the right thing to do so it was a bit of a head fuck yeah. and doing that with a hangover was really hard when it came to doing the next one by which time I was had been sober for a while and was really comfortable in my sobriety i went and bought heaps of really nice food mm. we were hanging out as a family we were eating together i was getting up in the morning and i was feeling good yeah. and the effect that it had on my kids they didn't want to get out of the house they were quite enjoying just being at home with me they mm. wanted to be with me because yeah. i was so i was in their world i wasn't drinking to escape like i always did did um I just ask quickly, we just go back a step. Did
0: your drinking, I know you're drinking, you were you were quite a heavy drinker at the start of the pandemic. Um, did your drinking increase um, at home during the pandemic when you had that period
1: of drinking then? I would say it did. Yeah. Um, because my life changed so little, because I was already an introvert drinker yeah. at home, Um It would have increased, yes, because I was, it was like, I can allow myself, everyone's doing it. Mm -hmm. So I I was having the excuse to have the other bottle of wine, whereas before I may have thought I'm not going to. So yes, it did, but it didn't, it wasn't a really noticeable change because I was already so bad. Um. And I think for me as well, and I'm sure it was the same for you, Vic, we've got family in the UK. We were really, really worried about them. Yeah. And I was especially worried about my elderly father, who was in the UK on his own. And we were really worried about in that first lockdown that people we knew were going to die Hmm. um, and people that we loved were going to die. And, you know, what better excuse is there than to reach for a drink, than something as awful as that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my experiences with lockdowns and the pandemic have been very different, and I love, in a way, the fact that they have been, and I'm able to compare the two. Yeah. Um, it's really helpful for our listeners as well to hear like, two different
0: stories from one person and so, say, look, it's ve- blatantly clear that you being sober in the second lockdown that we had here, even though it was short, it was a, a better experience for
1: you and for your girls. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you, there's, that just makes it so clear how life is better when you're sober. Yeah. Um Tell us about you and lockdown. Lockdown with three little kids yeah. and a husband. Yes. I mean... It was different for us
0: here in Australia, as you've already Mm. said. Lockdown for us was, you know, we stayed at home, we hung out, we made cookies the size of our heads. We were into doing all the sort of fancy dress stuff each day and, like, Mm. we did the pub choir and... I mean, yes, when you, I don't know whether you had it in England, but it was like when you did like a group web singing yeah. thing, which was really fun. Um, I found the homeschooling very, very stressful because it just made me realise how stupid I am <laughs> I couldn't do <laughs> any of the maths. I was like, this is not how you do maths. Oh, they've changed it all, Vic, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I couldn't understand. Yeah. It's all algebra and Ys and Xs. And I was like, oh, I just cannot understand this. So I'd usually do about an hour and just go, right, like, let's go for a walk. I just couldn't. It was a little bit stressful. Obviously, having three kids at home is stressful. But I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think in that time, I was so aware that the rest of the world was having such a worse time than we are that I had to just be grateful and try and just get through it and get on with it. And and actually, that was the one thing that kept me really inspired through the whole pandemic was to see how people dealt with it. It was the same for me after, you know, I had, had bars in Thailand and I was... I wasn't there at the time of the tsunami. I was actually in in Australia on holiday, but I lost my business and my bar. And it was the same feeling afterwards. I flew back to Thailand to go and find the boyfriend that had gone missing at the time and it was the same feeling of people just getting on with things you know this is happening to us but yet as a human race we're going to get on with it mm. and we're going to fight and we're going to be strong and you know things are going to change but we're going to get through this and that sort of feeling of the human spirit in the face of adversity which was the same after the tsunami was very very inspiring and, and I tried to keep that at the forefront of my mind when I did feel those moments of fear there was one day when it all started where you know we didn't really feel like we knew what was going on we, it felt like we were in a movie or something didn't it mm. i remember dropping my son george off at school and him looking at me and i said are you all right and he was like no i want to mm. come home and and just taking him home and realizing he had a fear of of being out of the house and he looked scared because he didn't know and i couldn't tell him what was happening because nobody knew and that, I think that was the only time I really felt I went home and cried and was like, "Oh gosh, what is happening in the world right now? It feels really out of control." And I did have those moments, but really, I I felt very very lucky throughout the pandemic. I felt like one of the lucky people, you know. And I know that a lot of people were were terribly affected by it, but here we were, we were. I think I was trying to be grateful for for what for where I was and and who I was with and try to keep my head level like that. And of course, being sober did help with that. And how do you think you would have dealt with it if you weren't sober? God, I I would have just gone on some drinking bender. And imagine that with three kids, like, just getting off my head every night and just drinking through it. I would have been, like, just sort of flopped around on the sofa all day and then hungover and anxiety Mm. plus a global pandemic. (laughs) It wouldn't have gone well. I know. Not a
1: good mix. No,
0: my fear, like, you know, I had the fear of going to the toilet. Like, when, when I was hungover, I had the fear of everything. Then you add a pandemic on top of that, imagine... That feeling of
1: lo- losing control of everything times a million, wouldn't it? Well, and there it is. And that's why people were picking up a exactly. drink or whatever it was that they needed because they were absolutely terrified. Yeah. And they'd already started drinking. They'd started the drinking hangover cycle. Yeah. I know it because I was in it with one of the lockdowns and you just keep going. Yeah. You keep going. And you almost, you know, when you talk about George and taking him in, him into school, you really reminded me of that moment at the very beginning where mm. it really was surreal that this is actually happen- happening this is real. to us. I remember saying to um, one of my teens who was trying to go out, you know, this is a time in history, you know, this is something that you will remember forever. You will be telling your grandkids about this. You need to do the right thing. And that yep. means follow the rules and don't go out. Mm. Because it was just such a momentous, huge thing that was happening to us. And we we had all lost control. We had no idea where this was going. Yeah. Um, And gosh, that's a perfect recipe, isn't it? Yeah, for disaster. For disaster and for picking up a drink. Yeah. So I think to the listeners, such as myself, um, for one of the lockdowns, but those who drunk through them both or are feeling all of their lockdowns, however many had, but those people who are struggling with their drinking following the lockdown, please be kind to yourself because... It was such a hard time. It still is a hard time. And you're not to be blamed for yeah. reaching for a drink if that was what made you feel better. But what it's about now is perhaps changing those habits that you created and moving forward in a, in a more positive way. And I think the first way you can do that is by accepting that it was okay. You reached for a drink. You're not to blame. Mm. None and, of us. And lots of people reached for drinks. They did. I wonder did.
0: in the other pandemics, you know, the Spanish flu and mm. on a hundred years ago. I wonder if the alcohol intake increased then. Oh, it would have. I'm sure. And during all the other kind of like the plague yes. and things like that. My yeah. brother in England. He lives. He used to live in a in a place called Eam, which is in Derbyshire. And in Eam, it's a famous little town because during the Black Plague in 16, whenever it was, um, the people there... um kind of went down in history because the plague reached them in the middle of England, sort of like between Manchester and London, sort of halfway. And it reached that area and the village got together and had a meeting and decided to cordon off their village from the north of England and they sacrificed all of their own lives. And it actually stopped the plague spreading across the rest of England. So wherever you go in Eam, most of the people in the village died. And when you go to the graveyard there, there's all people that died within the same couple of months during the Black Plague, that all the gravestones are during that same time. So it's a really fascinating place to go around. Like These people left a legacy behind from the Black Plague many, many, many years ago. And that's kind of like what we're doing, like we're trying to stop the spread, which is just what they did. You know, what we're doing and what we're trying to do is to help our fellow humans by stopping the spread and saving people's lives. So you know, you can be proud even if you did drink. You you stayed home and you tried to do something to help your fellow humans. And and that's a wonderful thing and now's the time to break out of those habits and yeah. you know and move forward from that's it that's
1: such an incredible story Vic yeah. i want to go to that village yeah. That sounds <laughs> Excuse amazing me. i've got a bit of a
0: frog in my throat oh gosh
1: oh no what's coming next it's the covid <laughs> <laughs> oh no i've got a cough and i'm stuck in a booth with her honestly being <laughs> yeah. in the booth with this woman it's terrifying yeah, in I'll, every way it's out now <laughs> <laughs> Um, Well, that's right. And I think it is about spinning it on its head now, you know, and saying, I did my best, um, but unfortunately I I was drinking too much and now I can't stop. So let's look at it another way. Let's look at at it in a more positive light and let's turn it around um, for ourselves now so that we can have a better future. And that's what we want to try and help people do in this chat. So next we're going to talk about the reasons why people turned to alcohol. During the lockdown,
0: yeah. So maybe you can recognise that. Look, these are some reasons why they're quite good reasons, actually. Uh, they're good excuses mm. to drink. Like I can't, I can understand why people did. Obviously, the first one is homeschooling. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Yeah. So we've been through that one a little bit already. But like, yeah, that is after that stress. Depending on how many children you've got as well. I mean, imagine Alan with four kids trying to homeschool. Oh, oh bless gosh. him, Alan. We're going to give you
1: full respect. We're going to give you yeah, a high five we'll when nice, we come out. I the booth. Think we'd be nice to him today. Yeah, we'll be nice to him because that would have been hell he probably didn't do it his wife probably did it yeah. all <laughs> yeah she was probably in the shed floating having floating around on the pool <laughs> on, with a, on
0: a floaty <laughs> with a cocktail yeah.
1: Um, yeah I mean homeschooling for us was very short lived we only did it for a short time and yes. my girls would just have a laptop while they were in bed it was yeah. like laughable almost but I know some people did it for many many months yeah, especially in England as well stressful. yeah it would have been super stressful so, yeah um, of course isolation just not being um, around other people not being able to go to the bar and meet your friends and have a drink and really feeling alone so having a drink to to erase that feeling yeah
0: and just you know imagine if you there's so many different situations with that like if you've split up with someone or if you've recently been in a relationship and then you're suddenly on your own so you've got that to deal with plus the pandemic plus isolation I mean these things could all be layered on top of each other for some people yes. so you could be homeschooling in isolation with all of these
1: things all these things happening. that are all pushing yeah. you towards have a yes. drink aren't they in fact funnily enough on my single mum Facebook group we had a lady come on today and say that she how do you deal with missing someone her partner is on um is in another state and Mm. they haven't seen one another for I think eight weeks and she said I just really really miss him and has anyone got any tips on how to deal with that I mean You know, it just goes to show that there's still people out there suffering. And if you're feeling alone or you're missing someone, that's a form of sadness. Hmm. And how do we deal with that? We sometimes pick up a drink because it makes us feel less sad. Yeah, it makes us feel less alone.
0: Mm. I mean, I definitely felt like I wasn't alone. when I, If I was drinking alone, you suddenly feel
1: like you're not alone. You almost have like a personal party in your head, don't you? You like, do. Oh, yeah, I'm
0: all right now. Like, well,
1: absolutely you do. And I think I made a point of it further down um, on this list that you just feel as though... You've got a friend there if you're drinking. I used to definitely feel that alcohol was my mate. And when I gave up drinking, I felt that I'd lost my best mate. That was how I felt. So immediately, if you feel lonely or isolated, pick up a drink and you feel less alone. You really do, don't you? Yeah, you do. But actually what you're doing is you're just blocking out the feelings of feeling alone. And it's kind of just a fallacy yes. that yes. You're... <laughs> that glass of red wine is not really your best that friend. Is not your best. It has at no all. personality. No, it's not funny. No, it won't tell you if your label's sticking out on no. the back of your dress on a night out, <laughs> or if you've got something stuck in your teeth. Yeah, it is not your best mate. It is a glass of wine. That's all it is. Yeah, it and is not object. your best mate. It's
0: actually a poison. It's
1: so a poison. I hate. To tell so it's your... an enemy. Yeah.
0: It is an enemy. It is. It's your worst enemy, actually. Yes. So stress, yeah, that's an obvious one. Stress with everything. As I said that day with George, that made me feel very, very stressed. Mm. Fear of the unknown yeah. is a huge stress during the pandemic. Like, what is gonna happen to us? Is the world gonna end? I mean, it was as serious as that, wasn't <laughs> it? Was, it? Yes. it sounds far fetched. And if we'd watched a movie about it a year before, we would have been like, That's never gonna happen. Mm. And I remember seeing people with masks on in airports years ago. I'd be like, "Oh, look at that person! They've got a mask on. How weird!" Yes. And thinking it was the strangest thing ever. And it's just now, we, as it's passed, we've normalised it, and we've normalised like the
1: pandemic. It doesn't feel as scary. Yeah. And we've we've normalised drinking alongside it even more, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. And that's where the problem is. And stress. I mean, all you have to do is think, "I'm going to have a drink later." You don't even have to have the drink. That that eliminates stress in your life. Yeah. So money and work, they're the next two, aren't they? So they're related. So if
0: you've lost your job, you're not getting payments from the government for whatever reason, you've got rent to pay, you've got your mortgage to pay, plus a pandemic. Like Again, they're layered up, aren't they, on top of each other? They are. There's going to be a lot going on if you're staying at home with a family or on your own or any of these reasons. So yeah, anything laying up I mean, to worry about money at that time would have been awful, especially if you're mm. a cafe owner or a restaurant owner. Those people are under a lot of pressure. No wonder watching your business completely fall apart before your eyes mm. because of something that's completely out of your control. Yes. Like, imagine having achieved, like, something really that you've dreamt of all your life. You've opened the doors to your new cafe and the people
1: are flooding in and then suddenly it's like, boom. And that's what it was like, wasn't it? Everything just shut down just yeah. like that. It was almost unbelievable. It would be heartbreaking for most yeah. people, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, their little would. businesses terrible. Um, And let's hope those people are now getting their businesses up and running. I really hope they are. Um, What about relationships, Vic? Because, um, (sighs) and and that's not just relationship with your partner, relationships with your kids, perhaps relationships with family on the other side of the world and holding those together when everyone's worried and stressed and not knowing what to do. I know when we, you know, that moment that you're talking about when we first realised we were in the middle of a worldwide health pandemic, I was going to get on a plane and fly back to see my dad. You know, Mm -hmm. had I have done that and that would have been a really rash decision, I probably would never have got back again. I'd probably still be over there. So yeah, dealing with the people that you love um, and, and dealing with those relationships... And um, also those relationships we have to mention is the domestic
0: violence relationships. Yes. Which often are caused by alcohol as well, of course. Like, imagine being in that situation and then being oh, locked down with that people. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're we thinking about people that have, have
1: done that. Reach out for help if you've got a, uh, and a that is only partner. And that is only exacerbated by alcohol. Oh,
0: gosh, yeah. That would be absolutely terrible. So, yeah, it'll feel awful for people that mm. have been in that situation.
1: Um, of course, then there's missing out on things as well, Uh all the things our kids missed out on I mean that was really heartbreaking I know that my year 12 student is she's just finishing up school now and she's got her formal this Wednesday but all those poor kids in Australia and in England I mean I don't know what the date is that they all finished school in England but they missed out on their end of year formal and graduation yeah they missed out on their big week-long break that they have over here called schoolies where they go partying for a week all got cancelled. Yeah. Um so for younger kids, older kids, adults, we were all missing out. People's weddings were cancelled. Even all their exams, <gasps> yeah. like the COVID that makes generation. Pick up
0: a drink. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so holidays, of course, we're all gonna miss holidays. Everybody's desperate to go on holiday now. I mean, it would be lovely to go yes. to England
1: again and see everybody. And still I'm sure worry, that's going to happen. But, yes. but yeah, it's still a worry. Um, I put here, we might die anyway. That was one of the reasons that people <laughs> turned to alcohol during lockdown. Yeah. There was a sense of, well, it looks like we're not going to be here much longer. I may as well drink. Why yeah. worry about my future and my health? And it kind of makes me think of, because I'm a bit obsessed with the Titanic, because I, I met the oldest survivor of the Titanic once on an aeroplane on the way to LA. No, why? Yeah, yeah. I've got her autograph. I name was Edwina Trout. She was saved in Lifeboat number 13 and she was 99 when I met her on the play. That's plane. incredible. Yeah. So ever since then I've been quite obsessed with the Titanic and I've read lots of books about it but mm. um, one of the bakers on the Titanic as it was going down, apparently he was pissed out of his head but he was absolutely on fire because he could feel no pain and he right. was just saving everybody and running around and just being a superstar. Um, but it reminds me as, as well of the Titanic, the band playing as they went down and people were actually drinking and just trying to enjoy the last moments yeah, of being life. Along, so yeah. there is a little bit of a correlation between the the sinking of the Titanic and, and people just making the most of those last, whatever they were, a few hours.
0: And I guess the and pandemic did feel bad. like a, a sinking ship
1: did, at some yeah. point, didn't it? It was like, gosh, yeah. we're going down with this. Yeah, We may as well just sit at home and drink through it. Yeah, what's the point of worrying about what my liver's like in a year's yeah. time? I yeah. might not even be yeah. here. Exactly. Mm. That's a really good excuse to drink, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh quickly, Lucy, before we carry on, I just seeing as we've mentioned Alan and haven't spoken to him yet, I just want to ask him I know he's a bit grumpy and doesn't like people anyway, so, so I just want to ask him what his isolation was like. How was it, Alan? I'm still in isolation now. What? What you haven't <laughs> What you haven't not told your family that the the lockdowns have ended? <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen them. <laughs> He's locked himself in a room, probably isn't he? He probably lives in the booth. Yeah, we're probably not just here. stays
1: here? Actually, he probably lives here yeah. and doesn't go home. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, for people who don't really get like being around people, such as myself and Alan, I mean, there is quite a lot to be said for lockdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sober people as well. I mean, sober mm. people—it like, stops
0: those invites it that really we dread. It does. It's <laughs> yeah. perfect. It's like, oh, it's I can so- stay home forever. It solves Excellent. quite a few problems. Yeah. Actually. Pottering around all day, <laughs> lovely pottering around knitting. Yeah, making cakes yeah perfect (laughs) I've just quickly looked up um, what the government considers to be an acceptable level of alcohol intake so we can identify what is too much which is what we were talking about earlier Um, men and women are advised not to drink more than 14 units per week on a regular basis so just because we're going to try and recognise what is too much me and Lucy just wanted to find that out Um, so basically Lucy, during the pandemic, what were you drinking when you were in that stage of, you know, the boozy
1: pandemic part? Probably on average about two bottles of wine a day. Okay, so one bottle of wine is between seven and nine units. And a little bit of lighter fluid when it ran out. Oh yeah. We'll go into that story <laughs> a little bit more, shall we? So what happened there, Lucy? Oh I uh yes, well some some of the uh uh, occasionally uh, when i was with my what i call my enabler mm. my little friend who uh, encouraged me to drink mm. um, and i encouraged him to drink as well um if we ran out of wine um and all the bottles were closed we would occasionally get the lighter fluid and mix it oh with frozen fruit in the blender to make a cocktail And how was that, Lucy? That cocktail tasted great. At mind blowing.
0: I mean, tasted great. That's as bad as me drinking the petrol that time.
1: Yeah, no, it was. It was a real. Yeah, that was a massive red flag. A massive low. Yeah, I will say it wasn't my idea. Yeah, but of course, then when I was home alone and I ran out of wine, it was like, oh, there's that other bottle of stuff I could have some of that. To the point where I actually had to throw it out. And I will tell you, that's real desperation. I haven't actually bought it again. I've never lit that fire since. God, that's awful, Lucy. It makes me feel. It's funny
0: that you did that. I know we laugh about these sort of things, but like, really, that is terrible, isn't it? If someone else was telling us that, we'd be all shocked and judgmental, wouldn't we? Because it's you. I just expect it (laughs) of (laughs) you. I just your depravity never amazes me
1: anymore. Because I just know know the depths of one day I'm going to really shock you with something. I'm going to think of something. (laughs) Oh gosh! But it's just about that desperation to keep escaping yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, or, or the realisation that that sort of feeling that yes, I know I've drunk too much and tomorrow's going to be a really shit day. I don't want to mm. come back to reality. I need to keep drinking and there is no wine left in the house. So you've got to um, do something. Yeah, and um, also, I mean, for me there it, it was, I mean, I know that some people drink mouthwash mm-hmm. um, or I would put some night nurse and a lot of people might not know what night nurse is. It's a it's like a codeine-based yeah, cough syrup, I think, yeah, yeah. and it's, it helps you sleep. Um, so put some of that in with the last glass of red wine just to make it more potent. Oh, it's also toxic, isn't it, that you felt...
0: I mean, that's why I feel sad, because to think of you doing that, to numb yourself out and just... And how... Mm. I just can't imagine you like that now, like, because you're so sparkly-eyed and happy and, you know... Yes. And to think of you doing those things, it does fill me with a sense of sadness.
1: Yeah, but just, just for people listening, just think of this, though. I was in that state in one lockdown. Yeah. By the next lockdown, I was actually happily sober. So that's how how quickly things can change. Even if they're really bad, they can change and they can become really good. So never give up hope.
0: Never give up hope. You're a perfect example, Lucy. You're a shining light in that respect.
1: (laughs) You really are.
0: (laughs) I just won't put a match near you. (laughs) Otherwise, you will be a
1: shining light. <laughs> so, I think I mentioned it before. I had a friend who used yes. to say, after a night out drinking, put don't, a match li- don't light a match near her because I used to. Because your breath was like stink. dragon dragon <laughs> breath. It's like my cauliflower breath now. I, how yeah.
0: things have changed. Oh, yes,
1: how they have. I smell of mung but, beans. <laughs> Yes, what was it? We were going to talk on the phone earlier and I said, oh, I can't talk just now. We're talking five. I'm just marinating
0: some tofu. Sad, isn't it? (laughs) What have we become? Yeah, so just quickly, I just wanted to go over like what is too much. So a bottle of wine is seven to nine units depending on the strength. So Lucy there was saying Mm. she was probably having during that first part of the pandemic, two bottles of wine a night. So one bottle of wine um, a night uh, for a week actually equals 49 units depending Mm. on the strength Mm. of the wine so you were having double that Lucy so it actually means you were having seven times your recommended units per week so one bottle of wine per night for one week is 49 units that's your weekly intake in two nights that's over three and a half times your units per week Mm. so that one bottle of wine is too much
1: Yeah. And no wonder I felt so bloody awful and wanted to carry on drinking. Exactly. So
0: during the pandemic, it seems a lot of people were consuming their weekly amount in one or two
1: evenings.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think that there is ever an acceptable level um, or an intake with alcohol, Vic? Um, should, Should the government not be pushing for zero units?
0: I definitely think so now. Like, because I can see the bigger picture of what alcohol is doing to our society and individuals and communities and relationships and all of these things, I, I would definitely say that the government should be pushing towards zero. But, you know, that's never going to happen because everybody bloody loves the stuff,
1: don't they? Well, they do. And also some people don't have the problem that we have with no. it. So I think if pe- it's a shame to take it away from those people who can actually enjoy some of it sensibly... Mm, I don't know that's where we differ a little bit I think yeah Yeah. because I don't think I think those people are still
0: not being their authentic selves in a in a you know social situation Mm. if you feel like you have to drink therefore I think there is some form of addiction there and there's some form of you wanting to numb out the person who you truly are and I don't think you'll you'll get to experience all the benefits of sobriety if you're continuing to drink throughout your life I think you have to stop to be able to absorb all the you know, Mm. all the wonderful things that come with sober living. Um, So, yeah, I do know people that still drink and drink happily and can have one or two and stop and things like that. But part of me with them still thinks, well, why don't you just not drink? Like, what is the point of putting that toxic substance into your body when you could just have a lemonade? You know, people say, oh, we were bonding. I'm like, I've never bonded when I was drinking. I was just dribbling on people and just Mm. being a mess. And I just think, well, it's just a lot of fallacies that, that people believe, whereas in fact,
1: we'd probably all be better off if we didn't drink. It would be great if it wasn't around in the world and it never had been here. Yeah. The fact is, it is a real problem. And I feel like there's diff- two different groups of people. We are put in one of two groups on this planet and you're either someone who can handle it or someone who can't. Mm. And I think the the pandemic has, has moved a lot of people from one group yeah. to another. So yeah. we've got many more people in that group where they used to be able to handle it. Yeah. But now they can't. Yeah, you're stepping into the red zone
0: basically yeah. since, since COVID. <clears throat> yeah. So what are the signs that your lockdown COVID drinking habit has become a problem? We've got a bit of a list here that we're just going to whiz through. Mm. Um, yeah, so you drink more than you planned. Yeah, yep. did that all the time. Failing at moderation, that is, isn't it, really? Yeah.
1: Your tolerance has gone up. Yeah, so you need more to, yep. you need to feel more. normal. You
0: need that second. You're cracking open that second bottle.
1: Yes, yeah, or the third sometimes. Um, you're having cravings, like, I really need a drink. Yeah, and those cravings are getting earlier in the day probably yep. as well. Your interest in other activities is waning. Yeah, that's a really good one. I remember talking to somebody from your group, actually, Vic, who um, said to me once that she lost interest in everything else in life apart from alcohol, and I can relate to that, actually. So, yeah, if you notice that you're not really interested in doing anything else, that's a red flag. Yeah, and because you're too hungover, it's like, oh, I can't bother to yeah. do anything today. I don't want to do anything anything, I yeah. just want to slob around and, and that takes us on to the next one which yeah. is hangovers preventing you from doing things that you usually like doing
0: yeah of course, um, you're having withdrawal so a hangover is a type of withdrawal, believe it or mm. not people like that is your body saying give me more alcohol so yeah. therefore I feel like shit because I haven't got it in my body and I need it so hair so, of the dog you hair have some dog, and you yeah. feel better immediately so, yeah. if you're having shakes, if you're having any sort of side
1: effect from drinking that means it's getting out mm. of control and if drinking makes that problem go away way that's yes. a withdrawal that yes. you've just cured with alcohol yes. and you're not going in the on the right path there um you can't remember going to bed <laughs> yes most of that. my life <laughs> and you can't remember what you watched on TV yes tick. <laughs> yeah, tick, tick, tick. You've injured yourself. Um, I was talking mm. to a lady yesterday who had fallen over and injured
0: herself and, and woken up and not known how she'd done it. And I'm sure a lot of people during the pandemic have done that as well and woken up and think, God, I've got a black eye, or I've done this, I've done that, and tripped
1: over. And, you oh, know, always. There's yes. a sign well, we've talked sign. about it in, our, in our episode, Risk, yes, haven't we? Yes. If anybody wants to hear all the humiliatingly embarrassing things Vic and I have done, yeah. listen to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Health risks, risks, um, because alcohol can damage your liver, heart, brain, pancreas and immune system. It can raise your odds of getting certain cancers, um, but you still carry on drinking. You're knowing all that. Surely no, yeah. that shows that you've lost control. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you know this. We all know this stuff, but like, we just don't listen to it, do we? Because we don't want to.
1: Yeah, so you want to stop, but you can't. That really sums that up. Mm. Um, it, it's affecting your family and those around you. Certainly yes. noticeable when you're stuck with them inside the four walls of your home. Yeah, and I would have been terrible like <clears throat> being hung over in the pandemic, trying to look after my kids. I just, the guilt from that would have been enough to keep me drinking. Mm. So there was no escape if I had been drinking. Interestingly, when I think of the two pandemics, Vic, uh, not the two pandemics, sorry, the two lockdowns that we had during the pandemic and yeah. I was really drunk for one of them and completely so. Sober for the other. I actually can't really remember my kids at all in that first lockdown. I can't remember us doing stuff together. Mm. I can't remember them. That's very honest. But when I think of the second lockdown where I was sober... I've got lots of memories of that lockdown with my kids. Yeah,
0: because a lot of people do, you do create happy memories when you're at home with your children. Well, and... you
1: remember them and I don't think I was really with them. I was in a world of my own and I was happy for them just to be stuck in their rooms so I could yes. carry on with my drinking. That with your was whirlwind. Actually, of... you know, drinking was more important than caring for them at that mm. stage of my life, which I'm embarrassed to say, but it is the truth. Yeah. It's almost as if they weren't actually there because drinking had consumed every part of me. Gosh. How awful is that? But then you compare that to a lockdown where you're sober. And I can remember all all sitting on the balcony. I can remember us watching movies. I can remember my eldest daughter getting a big canvas and painting it. Nice, yeah. None of that. I mean, they were obviously there and doing similar things. Yeah. But I just wasn't interested because I was too interested in having a drink. I think you have
0: to realise as well, like you say you're still embarrassed about saying that. But really, Lucy, you were you were quite unwell. Yes. Like you were quite, there's no guilt there because actually you were unwell and the world is teaching us to drink, especially in those situations. So you need to let go of that embarrassment because there's nothing wrong with that and it's good to be honest about it and it will help other people by saying... That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about
1: saying, you know, God, if I've done this um, and, you know, and I've managed to get out of it and I hope people can see that. So if you are coming out of the pandemic and thinking, oh God, I'm never going to be able to stop drinking if I can do it. Yeah. And if Vic can do it, yeah. you can do it too. Yeah. So, yeah, you feel like you
0: need it. There you go. If you feel like you're wanting a drink mm. more than, you know, yes. more than
1: normal. There's a difference between want, you know, wanting a drink because, yes, I'd quite like to have a glass of, a glass of wine and watch the sun go down and needing a drink. There's yes. a difference between that yeah. um, and drinking for the wrong reasons instead of the right reasons. So the right reasons to drink are usually if there's a celebration, a glass yeah. of champagne. The wrong reason to drink is if you're feeling sad or scared or anxious or mm-hmm. tired. They're not the right reasons to drink. Um, if you're making excuses always making excuses yeah and if you're hiding it of course if you're
0: you know hiding it in the cupboard under the sink and not telling anybody about it then yeah You've
1: probably got a problem. Which we didn't think we did until we actually did yeah. the podcast. It, yeah, until we discussed it. And I was like,
0: oh, yeah. I used to secretly take sips out of everybody's yeah. drinks at the <laughs> bar so no one could see me. Is that hiding it? I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that
1: is. And I used to put wine in the water bottle when yes. I took my kids to the park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe we are a little bit guilty of that. Well, we were, were. We were. We no yeah. longer are. Uh, making now I it. only hide those donuts that I was talking yeah. about last week. <laughs> I'm sort of hiding them in various spots around my house. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wish you'd eat the donuts instead of all the cauliflower. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did just say to Vic before we start the podcast, so when are you going to end this clean living cauliflower diet? <laughs> Hoping it might be soon. It's clean eating, Lucy. It's a le- way of life. Come on. <laughs> no diets here, it darling. It doesn't smell like it, let me just say. Um, yeah, so um, feeling lost is something. Yeah, if you feel lost without alcohol, we talked about alcohol being your friend and making you. You think it makes you feel more grounded and yeah. as if you're, you know where you're going, but you actually don't. It's it's a, it's a false feeling. Drinking not to feel the stress of everything COVID nineteen. Well, there's the whole reason
0: why you're drinking right yeah. there. You're feeling stressed. You're leaning on the drink too much. That's becoming a problem.
1: And COVID-19 is everywhere. It still is. If you yeah. turn on the TV, if you look at social media, it's if you look at a newspaper, if you talk to a friend, everyone, even if you go out and you go into a venue and you've got to scan your barcode, you've got yeah. to do this, you've got to do that. Have you been vaccinated? Oh, yeah. Haven't you? Yeah. It is literally taking over our lives yeah. and it's it's overwhelming, it's boring and it's all the things that you would usually pick up a drink for. Yeah so that's yeah that's a perfect excuse mm. um, drinking not to numb out the reality of you isolation. know this isolation yeah. that we're in your anxiety levels are up yeah definitely a sign that you um, that you're drinking too much if you feel extra anxiety you look like shit look in the mirror what, what are you <laughs> saying <laughs> is oh, this part of the podcast <laughs> or are you just saying this oh cheers Lucy part of the podcast you look amazing Vic oh thank you Beautiful. you look like shit thanks darling <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, I mean, look in the mirror sometimes. Yes. I do used to, when I was drinking too much, I would look in the mirror and just think, Luce, you look like shit. Yeah. And then I would think it's probably because I drank two and a half Bloated. bottles of wine last yeah, night. Yeah, the bloating yeah. and the... yeah not clear eyes. Yeah, it's horrible. The human body can't handle that much poison. I think
0: for a lot of people, they end up not looking in the mirror when they're really in those depths of of alcoholism. It's like, just avoid mirrors because that is too confronting for a lot of people. It's shocking looking in the mirror
1: when you've got a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels like your friend and it makes you feel less alone Yeah, yet we've gone over we've that. We've talked about that um, you think about drinking in the morning yeah, yeah you know that was something that I think both of us have done at, at certain times in our lives. And then you drink to mask your hangover. Yeah the hair of the dog which we mentioned before and <laughs> every day is Friday I mean that's what in it lockdown, was. In lockdown yeah. Yeah lockdown there was no Monday, Tuesday Wednesday was there? No. It was just all blended into one and there was never you know often you sort of try when you're moderating you say I'm not going to drink on Monday or Tuesday I'm not going to yep. drink till Wednesday you know there was none of that everything was blurred yep. Um. and that's another re- reason why people just felt that um that why people were drinking too much and why they feel they've now got more of a problem with it now
0: yeah good points they're all good points if you recognise them you know you might have identified yourself in any of these points if so maybe it's time to stop beating yourself up about it and start acting because mm. um, it's only so long you can go oh yeah maybe I have maybe
1: I haven't maybe I have like Just try and identify it. Yeah, and we're not just... I mean, we are talking about the pandemic in this podcast because it's perfect to be talking about it right now. Yeah, we need to talk about (laughs) it. Because everyone else is. We may as well well. join in. But it's really, this advice is for anyone who feels that they're drinking too much. And also, even if you've given up drinking, it's good to look back and think, yeah, I did feel like that. And it cements your decision um, to stay sober. Yeah, and I don't feel those hangovers and anxiety Mm, and all those things anymore. What a relief. We had a few comments
0: from our listeners. One was from Kat. Um, I just put it out there on Instagram, like anyone who'd who'd had a COVID-related drinking problem. Um, she said, "I had a baby in July 2020 as a mum of a newborn and a three-year-old. My drinking got worse." Um, having mum time, etc. any excuse. She was in the UK and she remembers Boris cancelling Christmas, which would have been sad, I guess. Oh. Um, she said she was gonna do dry January and the new year and it just got worse and worse. And she had an awful hangover after that new year and then she gave up. The pandemic was hard, she said. A new baby and a second child was hard. But did alcohol make it any better? Nope, she said. So she realised during the pandemic her,
1: her drinking got worse. And so actually there was a point in the pandemic yeah. where she had to stop. Well, so that's great because some, in some cases what it's done, and I suppose it did for me in a way, it yeah. pushed me really to rock bottom. Yes. Um, and that and, and it was probably part of my the deciding factor to get sober. And I'm really pleased to hear that that happened for cats as well. So, yeah, I mean, for some people that, that spiralling down... Was a good thing. Yeah. And actually, that put them in a situation where they couldn't get away from themselves. Mm. You're yeah. in isolation, you're drinking
0: too much, there's no hiding from it. Yeah. And you can't blame anyone no. else, can you? Because no. you're
1: there on your own. Yeah, you can't
0: blame parties or going <laughs> yeah. out with mates. You're like, well, you're the only person yeah, there. There's exactly. no one else. Looking around. Looking in that mirror. <laughs> yeah. Ben from the UK says he already had a drink issue when the lockdown started, but it was social. So he never had to address it. Lockdown
1: proved that he was unable to yeah. control his drinking and has now been forced into. Into self-reflection Excellent. there we go yeah, exactly love what we're that, talking ben. about really love that that is so true you can't blame it on other people do you want me to read the next yeah, one on. okay so whitney said i have um i'd always been a bit of a booze hound but the timing of the pandemic coupled with the deaths of both my parents turned me into a fu- me into a full-on drinker in the morning to steady my nerves not showering for days quintessential hobo level alky she says i actually think that the pandemic and the Lockdowns that went with it were the best thing for me because socialising wasn't an option. Now though I'm confident in my sobriety, jubilant even. So socialising is not only a breeze, but quite a bit more fun. What yeah. a great. what a great. I love that one. Yeah,
0: so they're That's just showing brilliant. you that like actually the the pressure of the lockdown actually forced people into addressing yeah. their problems. And then my last one I just wanted to read out, Lucy, was Lemmy from Dunstable in England, which said you're a pair of alcoholic wankers (laughs) (laughs) with a smiley face. I wasn't quite sure the purpose of that one,
1: but it did make
0: me laugh and made me feel slightly offended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: no. I suppose when you put yourself out there Vic you've got to expect a few comments like that yeah. but he's from Dunstable yeah. which is really near to Luton yeah shout out to Dunstable <laughs> you alcoholic wankers Lely, uh, his name's Lemmy is it? Lemmy it says Lemmy yeah. I hope that you meant that in a really nice way <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if that's possible but hey Lemmy <laughs> nice work let yeah. us know let us know what you yeah. meant by that funny um, look, for, for some people, the lockdowns did help them recognise an issue, and, and that's brilliant. And those comments that you've got from um, the listeners that you've put there, Vic, um, I hadn't read through them, and they're really positive. So yeah, they're all that's good, great. actually. Yeah, yeah, that's great to hear.
0: So, very briefly, we just want to tell you they're the same things we go over a lot in our podcast, is mm. what some of the ways you can slow down and quit. We think it's important to keep, you know, instilling these in you because these are the ways that you're going to learn how to stop drinking and reflect and understand understand that perhaps you do have a grey area drinking problem or perhaps a, a more extreme problem since, since the pandemic. Yeah.
1: Um, what's the first one there, Luz? Um Admitting to ourselves that something has got to change, a little bit yeah. like what the, we've just read out from those listeners. I
0: think that's the biggie, really, isn't it? That's the start. That's yeah. the first step is just recognising that.
1: Acceptance. Yeah, and then admitting to family member that you're struggling
0: to stop. I mean, they're the really, really good steps for you to take if you mm. are struggling since the pandemic is just to go out there and say, look, I'm, I think I might have a drink problem. And don't be embarrassed about it because so many people do. Yeah. It's yeah. so common. Mention, yeah, to,
1: to voice it. Put it yeah. out in the open, voice it, yeah. yeah. Uh, cancel the wine delivery service. Yes, those damned wine delivery. Services. Bloody texts. I have to tell you, Vic. Um, for my my online business that I have, I've been doing some HelloFresh advertising. You know, they send me some free food, and I yeah. just have to share it with my audience and talk about it, yeah, just to let them know what it's like. And they they then offered me. I mean, it must be they must be linked. They're, they're linked. With oh another yeah, company. they give vouchers, don't they? Yeah, they then they then messaged me and said, "Would you like us to send you a box that?" Of twelve bottles of wine, and you can share your experiences with your audience. And I said, I don't think that one's for me. <laughs> I, I'd almost like to see what would happen if you did. <laughs> this, this bottle yeah. is very, Thank very delicious. Thank God I wasn't given that opportunity <laughs> while I was still yeah, drinking. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine ha- I'd have absolutely no followers left. Yeah,
0: your business would have gone down the drain <laughs> along with those bottles of wine. Yeah. So yeah, pour the excess down the sink. Uh, as well as the lighter fluid and the mouthwash. Yes. Get and, rid and of all night of night that night. stuff. Yeah, and get rid wash. of it. Get yeah. rid of anything that's not good for you. Stick yeah. it down the toilet or down yeah. the sink. Or Which chuck is it in where the it
1: bloody well deserves to be. It yeah. doesn't need to be in your beautiful body. Yeah, your lovely body. Um, start reading. Yeah. Oh, I haven't got that. I can't read Lucy yet.
0: A B C. Working on always. that one? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I've been working on that for years. The alphabet still but... on the audio books. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's the next step is being able to read for me. Start swapping drinking times for healthier pursuits. Well, that's an obvious one. I think that actually happens naturally when you give up drinking is that you start to find other things and other mm. interests and activities. Yeah. Well, you have to because you have
1: to fill that time. Yeah. Um, start a diary that was one of yours Vic you did that didn't you yeah I started
0: writing my diary which became my blog and that was just my my huge outlet as to understanding what was going on with me and then it became a book which 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 is never finished (laughs) that damn book bloody hell haunting me Um, do a challenge that's a really good one I actually spoke to I had a a sober meet up this morning which was a lovely breakfast and one of the things I recommended to one of the ladies there was to do a 30 day trial Uh, sorry not trial um, Challenge. Challenge. Don't think of it as 30 days. Think of it as a 30-day start. Mm. Because once we've said before, if the challenge is finished, it's like an excuse to go drinking again. So any of these challenges, don't think of them as having an end. Think of it as like,
1: this is my first 30 days and then I'm going to go for the next 30 days and the next 30 days. Or even after the 30 days, I'm going to make a decision about what I'm going to do. So you don't feel like you're doing too much in one go. But you might feel really good after 30 days and want to carry on going. You will feel good You will feel good. That's right and um, yeah and, and and any level even if you manage just to stop for a week anything is good give your body a break yeah. from having to break down all that alcohol and some clarity to work out to see what you're doing to yourself yeah definitely get therapy is yeah. another
0: one understand your worth we talk about feeling your worth and that you matter we talk about that a lot so yeah just understand that your life is important and you get to live you know that's another point is that there's so many people have died and you got to live so know your worth on this planet you're here for a reason and and you know why not live it to its fullest and without numbing yourself yeah, out
1: definitely There's there's been so many people dying in the world look how lucky we are to be in a safe place let's really value our lives mm. um, tell the world there's nothing like a bit of a Accountability. I mean, we started this podcast when I was six months sober. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest accountability ever. Yeah, it is. Um, but you don't necessarily have to start a podcast, but you can if you want. And uh, my threats, the yeah, threats that I'd give yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, Vic has bad dreams, phones me up halfway through the night. You haven't started drinking, have you? <laughs> you know, God, talk about having to stay on the sober path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my whip yeah, ready. So, yeah, my, my accountability is pretty full on, but yours yeah. doesn't have to be. But make yourself accountable to someone, at least. Yes, for sure. That's a really, really good thing to do. Know the facts, the stats and the truth as to what booze is doing to you. I mean, read those stats. They're important. Mm. Understand that they are lives being lost. Yeah, and read books. Read books about being sober because they're full of stats yep. as well. Um, get away from a bit if you can. And I mentioned that because when I did a three-month period of being sober, I actually had to go to hospital in another state for two weeks where obviously I couldn't have a drink. Mm. Um, it was a great starting point. To my three months off drinking because mm. I was in a completely different environment where I wasn't allowed to drink. So by the time I finished the two weeks in hospital and went home, I had broken that cycle a little mm. bit. Two weeks isn't enough to break it all together, but yeah. it had certainly given me a really nice head start. So I know it's not always possible, and especially at these times where a lot of us still can't travel. But if you can get away, even for a weekend, just to get that, you know, give yourself a bit of a run-up. Yeah, get out of out of your normal yes, routine. exactly. Yeah. yeah, get out of your normal routine. Do something nice. Be kind to yourself whilst you're giving up drinking. Yeah, connect with a sober group. And the last one is do it with a mate. So... I think those two are
0: really combined, like to say, find someone who's struggling just like you are right now. If you Mm. can, whether it's somebody you know or whether it's someone you meet online or whatever, find someone who is going through what you're doing and then do it together. Be Mm. like a team. Back each other up. There's nothing better than having a sober buddy, as Lucy and I know. You know, we get to go out for high teas and eat biscuits
1: together now, don't we? That's right. It really does help to have a friend um, on that same path with you. Um, and, you know, if you if you haven't got someone, reach out online mm. through a sober group and see if you can find someone near you, because there are going to be so many people who are trying to so sort many. out their alcohol intake in the wake of the pandemic. Um, so you, you are not alone. Um But basically, the reason for this podcast today is just to get you onto that first step. I mean, that's really the reason for all our podcasts. Yeah, the admit to ourselves that something must change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just to, and as we've said before, we are focusing this around the pandemic, but it's for anyone who's thinking about their drinking in any way because if you're thinking about it it's likely that you've got a problem going yeah. on
0: there yeah it's time to grab Covid by the balls really isn't it Lucy and it not is. allow it to make your life more difficult than it has been in the past 18 months mm. the aftermath should not have to involve us all dying from chronic liver disease and Covid induced alcoholism
1: no it shouldn't it shouldn't be you know we've made it through this what a story to tell your grandkids or whoever that you've made it through a worldwide health pandemic. Now, we never thought we'd be living through a worldwide no. health. No. And I suppose that's the key word. We've lived through it. Yeah. So let's look after ourselves now.
0: Yeah. And we've got some tips and takeaways. We, we do. always do. We do
1: love a few good tips at yeah. the end. Okay. Be grateful. You're here and you have eternal opportunities to change and grow. Realise how lucky you are. Sadly, five million people have died during the pandemic so far, but you are still here. So give life all you've got and give hangovers a heave-ho. Don't
0: feel ashamed of your lockdown drinking habit. It was your way of coping. Shame is what keeps people drinking. So leave that bullshit in the bin next to judgment and
1: self-loathing. It's time to wake up from the nightmare. You can spend the next few months continuing with your one bottle of wine, a night habit or two bottles of wine Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Allow it to get worse and keep moaning about how awful you feel or you can stop it in its tracks and do something about it. Don't let COVID win this battle. You have the winning card. Play it now. Now the
0: lockdowns are over, be careful of attempting moderation. In our experience, it only prolongs the agony. The continuous failures just make you feel more bad about yourself and you'll want to drink more to drown that out. If you're questioning, it's time to draw a line in the the sand and start down that difficult yet truly wonderful path to sobriety.
1: Be clear with friends that your drinking since lockdown has become out of control. Admit them you were drinking too much and you're trying to stop. If COVID has taught us anything, it's to respect our fellow humans and to be kind to one another as you never know what's around the corner. You never know, your friends might be struggling too. And they need someone to start the conversation for them. Yeah.
0: And it's a lot about starting that conversation with
1: mates, isn't it? Talking about alcohol and
0: how it's working and how it's not. Because I think most of it will find it's not. So, yeah. Yeah grab that grab that struggling friend and start a sober group do sober activities together go for breakfast instead of dinners find someone that is feeling the way you do and be in this together because you're going to have to start socialising again that's something that's going to happen so you need to be prepared somehow that it's going to be different than it was before mm. um, yeah go to our podcast on First Sober Shindig um, I think it's number four I think in the first series and that's going to
1: prepare you for, for what it's going to be like coming out of lockdown and being alcohol free yeah in fact in fact, I'd go a bit further than that, Vic, and say if you haven't listened to our other episodes and you are thinking about stopping drinking, go right back to the beginning yeah. and listen to each one because there's advice in all of them um, to help you give up and to help you emerge um, as a sober being into this yeah. drink, uh, drink fueled world. Um, Simplify life. Do healthy stuff instead of destructive stuff. Eat well, exercise more, say no if you don't want to go. I'm really good at that. Well done, (laughs) Lucy. Just stop drowning out your life because there doesn't seem to be anything else. There is something else and it's called sobriety. It won't solve all your problems, but it will make you capable of facing them head on. So true. It's your choice whether you allow COVID to
0: be the thing that broke you or the thing that made you like yep. those people yeah. that sent us the emails. Exactly. It's been yeah. the thing that's broken their habit. Yeah. So that's incredible.
1: And even just talking in this podcast to you, Vic, because of the timing of me giving up, I do think that, yeah, the lockdown was probably something that pushed me faster towards the rock bottom that I needed yeah. to get to. So I'm sure, and if anyone's got any good news stories about, you know, more of them about having gone through a lockdown and actually stopping you drinking, please uh, write in and tell us because uh, we, we like good news stories yeah, because we like they give hope to others. The people, yeah, we'll read them out. yeah. Um, as always, we recommend going to see your local GP if you're struggling with alcohol, get a mental health plan, and get therapy. Don't be shy to get as much support as you can. You deserve it. Yeah. I think we just wanted to add at the end that we hope
0: everyone's doing okay out there. I know this little podcast, you know, has an impact on a few people, which we're lucky enough to get emails from every week saying how it's helping them and how it's helping change their lives. And we just want to speak to you directly and say, you know, we hope you're okay and we hope your family are okay because we realise a lot of people would have lost loved ones during this time. We know this has been tough for people all over the world world and that things have felt a little bit out of control and alcohol has been the answer that's been within easy reach but we can assure you me and lucy it will only make matters worse it's like pouring petrol on a flame it will affect your mental health and leave you feeling full of shame and sadness so don't reach for it reach for help i think it's really important to say you know we know that it's shit and we know that you've had a hard time and you've got mental health issues and anxiety and all of those things but there is a sense of look we've been through this we've come out the other side now let's try and let's try and live our lives Mm, let's let's get back to normal
1: yeah try and put the pieces back together where things have fallen apart during the pandemic and as i said at the very beginning to to be kind to yourself and don't get annoyed that you might have fallen apart a little bit i think we all fell apart a bit we've all changed um you know we've been up and down on this roller coaster that is the pandemic and um no one has come out of it unscathed no and some of it i some of us have had harder experiences than others. and um, never think your experience isn't enough to warrant help. Yeah. You know, if you're struggling in any way, there is help out there. Mm. So go and get it. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we just wanted to read a quote, Lucy. I'll hand this over to you.
1: Oh, am I reading the quote? Yeah, it's just the
0: Billy Connolly one. We both we just oh, worked out yes. today. We're both
1: reading the same book at the same time, aren't we? Yeah. That is so funny, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. God, that's typical. And I love this quote. I decided to stop drinking when it was still my idea. Yeah, good. I love that. Before you get dragged off by an interventionalist. (laughs) In a white coat. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) His book is called Windswept and Interesting. It's both Lucy and I happen to be both reading it at the moment. So I just wanted to end on a poem today, Lucy. Yes, this is a lovely poem. Okay, it's by Kitty O'Meara. It's one I've heard a few times during a pandemic, but I just thought I'd read it out because it, it really does sum up everything that we say and we want to always try and end on a positive note, don't we, Lucy? Yeah. Okay, this is by Kitty O'Meara. In the time of the pandemic, and the people stayed home and they read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learnt new ways of being and were still... And they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently. And the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal
1: the earth fully.
0: As they had been healed,:
1: That is brilliant, and it really I'm going to use word. It resonates. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh God. I mean, they, 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 grieve, <laughs> they grieve for it. They grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and that's yep. what we're saying here you yep. can do all of that
0: yeah and you faced your shadows like those dark things that are following you around you can face them and and actually don't allow the shadow to kind of creep into every pore of you and just go mm. right this is this is an opportunity for change I mean you could treat you know it's different it's easy for us to say living here in Australia where it's been okay but but perhaps we can all learn something from it and just say, look, it's an opportunity for us to, to be more respectful to each other and mm. to the planet and to to the world and just be like, well, we've lived through this and, and now we're going to get on with our lives and yeah. and be happy that we're gonna We're going to be here.
1: better people for it. Yeah. And when can we book those plane tickets back to yeah. the UK? Can I borrow, That's what can I I borrow a tenner, actually? Will be. <laughs> no, fuck <pack> off. <laughs> I'm a bit skint. I need healing. (laughs) Can you give me a massage? I'll tear you up some more cake. Stop (laughs) you eating all that damned cauliflower. Just fill my face, then I'm happy like a pig in mud. Yeah, you're really easy to keep happy. (laughs) I just have to stuff a donut in your mouth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Oh, dear. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That was a really lovely chat. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah, thanks, Vic. Thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward podcast.
1: If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
0: Yes, go onto Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy Sober Mummy the group. Lucy and I both agree that even though this journey can be awkward,
1: it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com.
0: And Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstalkmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the sober awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review, and share it with your
1: mates. Yeah, don't make it sound like they have to do No,
0: they do have to. I'm not doing all this for nothing, Lucy. No.